How you doing, mate? Good, Aaron. How are you? Doing good, Stevie boy. Good to have you on the show. And I appreciate you taking the time. You just put the kids to bed probably, haven't you? Uh, yep. Fed them, gave them a bath, and then uh, my wife came home just in time to uh, take over and put them to bed and all the, do all the reading. And here we are, mate. Thanks for having me. Pleasure. Teamwork makes the dream work, right? <laughs> so, oh, mate. Mate, I don't know how single parents do it. Kudos to any single parent, single mom, single dad. It's just like, oh, well, it's, it. it's a good point. And you don't actually... You don't actually understand that till you've got kids and you're like, because <laughs> yeah. I, I always use the the basketball analogy. So it's yeah. like, it's like, you know, you've got man on man and then you get double teamed. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so when you've got two kids, it's like man on man. So it's fine if you're, if you're co-parenting. Yeah. But if you're a single parent with two kids or three kids, like triple team, nah. Nah, it's crazy, man. Yeah. Anytime, anytime Candace goes away, I'm like, oh. Wow, it's great hanging out with the kids, but after them, like, wow, I'm glad. I'm glad we're together, doing it together. So good. No, I really appreciate you coming on, man. I know that uh, life is busy and we're coming into the crazy season with Christmas. And, oh, yeah. And all the anomalies that have happened this year, which is compounding. So I really appreciate it, mate, for taking the time. And I would have loved to do this one in person. And I'm coming close. Yeah, People get in me. there. We're coming close to doing some stuff in person. I've just got to get mm. some more gear. Yeah, uh, and then we'll we'll be able to start doing that stuff in per- person. So I'm looking forward to it. So we can get all get off this this Zoom fest. I can't wait. Can't wait. It's good though. Save save the travel time. I like it. <laughs> yeah, it does. It, it's actually a smaller barrier of entry, and you don't. Yeah, it's it, you don't have to worry so much about the logistics of of mm. going to someone's house and the acoustics and lighting yeah. and, and so on and so forth. So there is there is some advantages to it, but. I still don't think there's any replacement for a face-to-face conversation, right? No, not the same. It's not the same. But we'll That's kick on anyway. Good. So so I want to thank everyone for, for jumping in again to the Iron Will podcast. My name is Aaron, the founder and host of Iron Will. And can you believe we're getting up to number episode eight, I believe. I could have that wrong. It could be nine, but I reckon it's eight. I was talking to Steve a little bit earlier about this. Mm. And so it's uh, it's exciting to still be going, you know? This could have pitted out at two, so that's a good thing. Well done. Well mm. done. I'm looking forward to double digits uh, <laughs> whenever that comes. So, again, thanks for everyone getting behind this this beast and all your support. But more importantly, I've got Stephen Alfine here with me, and Stephen's a good mate of mine who is the adult pastor at Numa Church. Yeah based in Richmond, Melbourne, Australia, is their city head campus, so to speak. Yep, and, so that, yeah, that is, that's right. Yep, and you've got uh, multiple other campuses in Melbourne. You've got South, you've got East, you've got... Yeah, West. West, yep. and also represented in Thailand, Bangkok. That's right, and Perth and Tasmania. Ah, Hobart as well, yeah, yeah. true. Yeah. That's right. So I did see that as well. So um, great church doing awesome stuff under the leadership of Corey Turner and the eldership over there. And mm. as I said before, I've, I've known Steve for a while through uh, my wife, Nicole, is, is best mates with Steve's wife, Candice. And it's been a, a real privilege and blessing to be able to do life with these guys and, mm. and so on and so forth. But I thought it'd be a great opportunity to get Steve on the podcast to share a little bit about his journey 
as well as his work in ministry. And Steve also used to run, um, there's been a reshuffle since, but Steve also used to run a men's uh, ministry inside the the Newman Church. Back then it was named Bridge, if I remember correctly. Yeah, that's um, right. And has since gone over some renaming and rebranding under the Newman Vision. So Steve's been pretty involved and influential in, in some men's lives over in the church, as well as uh, being a, a certified bean counter. <laughs> Oh, so you're funny. you're you're an accountant as well by trade, and then obviously being called yeah. into ministry. But I'll I'll stop mm. talking about you, and you can start talking to me and sharing a bit of your your story because because you're not born and bred in Australia either, are you, Steve? No, not at all, mate. That's no, good to know that my good mate here, Aaron, actually knows me. So it's just good hearing, you know, you giving a bit of background there. Spot on, mate. But yes, so um, moved over from Zimbabwe in 2003. Yeah, came out for uni as an international student when I was 19. So did all my schooling in Zim, Southern Africa, for those that don't know where that is. Mate, it is landlocked in Zimbabwe. So mate, the beach is just so foreign. First time I saw the beach, I was probably like 16 or something. But yeah, uh, come from a big family back in Zim, um, a bl- blended family. So I've got half siblings, step siblings. So pretty interesting um, growing up. Uh, with my mum and dad and all my brothers and sisters. So awesome dynamics with that. Lots of lessons through that. I went to boarding school for high school. So just some crazy, crazy things throughout boarding school. Some of that was boys' school. Uh, but, yeah, so I came over here as um, an international student. Growing up in Zim, you, you're always sort of hoping to go overseas for uni. This were better opportunities. As great as Zim used to be back in the days, even when it was good, you'd want to go study overseas and then, you know, get some good education and then come back later on and do all that sort of stuff. So when I came over to Oz, I thought I would be going back at some point, but the economy was pretty bad. So, you know, you come here, you're 19, 20, you establish friendships, you get locked into church, get a wife, get friends, and just get established. So I thought five years I'll be here and I'd go back. And my aim was come, study, get some chartered accounting experience and then go back home. But as time went on, just the, the plan changed. Um, so I worked in accounting for about 14 years uh, and I've always been really involved in church, got saved when I was uh, 12 in 1996. And I've always been really involved within school, Christian clubs sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, so church was always a big part of my life. But also just I really saw my sort of purpose and vision back then as being someone who bridges the gap between church and the business world and never wanted to work in church. I'm like, no, I want to be one of those Christians working with Christians 24-7. But, um, yeah, just through through time, through serving and just um, journey with God, God was really patient and just slowly nudging me and preparing me for ministry. And then, yeah, I think it was 2014, I started going part-time into ministry, did men's ministry, as you mentioned, and then 2017 went full-time. Um, and I've been at Newman Church since it was called Richmond AOG back in 2005. So I've been Richmond AOG Rich, uh, and then Bridge Church and now Newman Church. And it's an awesome journey. I met my wife sort of through church, Candice, and we've been married for 11 years. We've got two little boys, Isaiah and Zakai, almost six years old. Another one's three. And, mate, the boys, they keep us on our toes, mate. We're getting old, Steve. Yeah, man, I'm almost 40. I'm 37. Got some grey hairs. <laughs> bit of salt and pepper, silver fox. Yeah, so, yeah, that's some of that, man. Just a bit of a mix. feel like I've lived about three or four lives in my 37 years, but 
loving it and looking forward to what's to come. Do you miss Zimbabwe? Yeah, man. Um, I do miss him. It's just, yeah, loved it. Loved growing up there. Always thought I'd go back. Um, I actually haven't been back for about eight years. I was supposed to go back 2020 mm. with Candice. Candice has been a few times. We're going to take our boys. But then thanks to COVID and the global pandemic, obviously not thanks, but we haven't been able to go. So you get used to missing home. Um, and then, you know, where you live, where you work becomes home. So you feel like you've got two homes. But I used to go maybe every three years. Um, but now when you think about it, I've actually lived half my life in Australia. Um, oh, wow. I lived there 18 years. I've lived here now almost 18 years. So it's mm-hmm. just like this is home now, but that's also home. So you yeah. miss it, but get used to it. Most of my siblings are here now. My parents come come over quite a bit since we've started having kids. So, yeah, Australian yeah, well, Zimbabwean. Geez, you're almost dinky die now. 18, 19, yes. dinky die. You know, you're, you're almost the authentic Aussie now. That's crazy. You and all your Aussie sayings. I remember one of my London mates meeting you. He's just always <laughs> quoting all your Aussie sayings. You're one of the most Aussie blokes that I know. I remember that day that you saying that will make my mates laugh because they just they just think I'm they just think I'm a wog. So you know, it's it's like oh, true. <laughs> no, you're the you're the true blue mate, the real deal. People in uh, London right now are talking about you saying, oh, "I should have met this Aussie bloke that took her to the cricket." <laughs> I remember that day. So for those listening, we Steve brought one of his good mates over from London. Well, he, they, he came over to visit. And we yeah. thought I was talking to Steve and I'm like, you know what? You know, Steve's like, oh, I'm gonna take him to a to the Boxing Day test, I think it was. Um, was yeah. it the Boxing Day test? Yeah, it was, yeah. yeah. At the MCG in the Melbourne Cricket Ground. And uh I reckon it was the most dismal, rainy, wet, disgusting day I've ever been to the cricket that, Steve. Yeah, one of the only tests we've ever been to, so I wouldn't know any better. <laughs> yeah, it was it was the, probably yeah. the complete opposite experience that your mate wanted to have while he was in um, in Melbourne. But anyway, uh, he was just glad to be hanging out with you, mate. That was your good fun. Accent. Yeah, it was good yeah. fun. We enjoyed it, but um, that was good fun. And I think that um, it's interesting. So you you're talking about you know running that men's ministry. How long did you run that for at, at uh, Bridge? So five years. Five years, 2014. Yeah. Yeah, two, yeah. Five years. My, it was it was good fun. Um, God had been stirring a lot in me just about men's ministry. And um, after a couple of years of being married to Candice, we actually moved over to, to the UK for two years to, to work over there and to travel. And whilst we were there, we, we were part of a church that had a really strong men's ministry. They literally had all their small groups, life groups, soul groups. They were just like guys by themselves and women by themselves. And you can really see how powerful it was when guys just get together and they can just talk about guy stuff and just the, the strong bonds that were built through that. So that really stirred me up. I'd always been passionate about men's ministry, having been in a boys' school for a while. There was just, I could see that was part of my journey. God was preparing me for. So, yeah, it was um, interesting doing a men's thing. But, yeah, it's like how do you draw the men in? Like that was just always a challenge. You've got a church of like, you know, it's like 4,000. Um, and you send out things to like you know, a thousand of the men that are, you know, the age that you can invite to different events or groups, and you might only get a bite from about, you know, a hundred boys. You're thinking, how is that possible? So it was, it was hard. It was hard work, but it, you know, it grew slowly but surely, and there's been some really strong relationships that have come out of that. 
Yeah, and one thing I've always noticed, you know, getting involved in men's ministry in my own church at times, mm. uh, not as a facilitator, more just as a participator, but it's interesting yeah. watching blokes who uh, may at times be a little bit more defensive at church on a Sunday mm. and they come to these men's groups and there certainly seems to be a, a bond and a sense of uh, security there where they let the guard down and you're potentially having those conversations with these guys, you know, whether yeah. it be, you know, in a casual setting and yeah. guys really relate to that common ground around mateship yeah. and having those places. Absolutely. And to a degree, they're a bit similar to like, you know, a footy club or yeah, being, right. being down at the pub and, and that guys mm. find that a little bit more, a little bit more um, inviting from a sort of environment perspective. Yeah, how, sure. do, how do you find, um, I mean, the church, the church at the moment is probably undergoing, um, particularly um, the modern church is probably undergoing a, a little bit of a, a a transformation at the moment. Not just with regards to you know adapting to all the changes around COVID and, and church attendance, mm. but you know as 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 I suppose society um, continues to progress, yeah. uh, you know to a degree, do, are you seeing? you know, a little bit of a rift there culturally between Judeo-Christian values and I suppose what, you know, modern culture is seeing as value? Oh, yeah, it's definitely, definitely um, a big difference. Um, yeah, it's so tricky because, you know, you can have guys just come come to church, but actually comes down to, yeah, whether they, they're getting, if they're not, if they get in the right type of ministry like the word, um, and their values are based on that. You can see guys actually really engaging in how that's impacting their lives outside. But you can also just get guys that are coming into church, but they're still just so focused on, on their careers, on their families, just all about being independent, just doing what they, they just come to church as another almost tick box. And they don't mean to, but it's just part of what we get caught up in. And it's just the values and society is just shifting all the time. It's just so, it's so easy that... You know, when we've had different bills come up, you just get awakened to how guys are like, nah, I'm for this. And thinking, wow, we've been doing church together for so many years. You would have never thought that guy would be like, yeah, I'm saying yes to this, like the rest of the world is saying. So it has been very, very tricky and it has it has come to a point where you're like, oh, wow, it's like an awakening or this is where we're at. And I think with everything happening in the church, now I reckon the church, especially now going back into church after all these restrictions, the church is going to look really different. You know, it's like, oh, where's so-and-so gone? It's like, it's like a real sifting season. Um, so, yeah, it's really, yeah, it, for me, it just comes down back to the values based on the word of God or are they based on what's just happening in society, which is very tricky. Yeah, it's a good point. Uh, the, the divide, as I was saying, between, um, I suppose, secular value and the judo-christian values is getting greater that gap is getting greater right and mm, mm. to your point as well it's always been well not always that's not entirely true but there has been almost a a fairly sort of balanced stalemate of cohabitation if you will between that and law and and some of the compelled expectations from a law perspective around our value system because, you know, um, I, I go to church myself as well, you know, for those that don't know. And so the, the discussions now inside those circles are becoming more and more 
um, acute and and those and there is a little bit more of a separation between um, yeah I suppose what is supposed popular and yep. and what is you know in the world and then what is popular in the church and seeing a little bit more of a separation there and so I suppose yeah. my you know another question I've got around that is where where do you kind of see the church going for for sort of men you know talking purely around men here manhood and and and, and positive and traditional masculinity um, where where do you kind of see the church going in that perspective with regards to catering to to blokes who uh, really are getting sucked into a lot of you know uh, wealth accumulation you know substance abuse um, you know breakdown of a lot of families you know families certainly under attack the traditional families under attack um, you know getting priorities a little bit out of shape and so on and so forth. How, how, how do you see the modern church kind of creating an environment where that can, you know, be addressed, I suppose, not, not necessarily solved, but certainly addressed? Yeah. yeah, I think a lot of it comes back to um, men actually coming back to identity, like who am I? Because yeah. you know, for a lot of men, it just comes down to, hey, I mean, it's like, hey, what do you do for work? We're all sort of defined easily by what we do for work uh, and that and that's great and that's all part of it but as the church just focusing on hey actually for a man your identity is that you're a child of god that's your identity you're a son through what jesus christ you know did on the cross and then actually through that god's your father and he's got a purpose for you and for you to know that purpose you actually need to have a relationship like a daily relationship with your father where you're communicating with him you're seeking for guidance because it's so easy for us as men to just go to church on Sunday or not even go to church or whatever and just pursue what we're pursuing. But, you know, the wealth, the women, the money, the houses and all that, but still actually feel not, not complete. Whereas mm. God's, got, God's got a purpose for each and every bloke. There's a specific purpose um, as a son uh, where, where the father wants to show to show us, you know, what he has for us, but that takes a relationship. So just going back to the church teaching about identity, who are we in Christ, and actually learning learning that, but having that relationship with God, where you're praying, where you're getting into the Bible, reading, or however you want to read or listen. But going back to just a dependence, because I think for most guys, where the way society has sort of taught us is be independent, be self reliant. You don't need anyone; they're going to disappoint you. The church has messed up over the years. Um, so as blokes, it's easy to, to look around what's everyone else doing or what's he doing, comparing, competing. But it's actually like, and you never you can be happy for a while, but you want more and never really satisfies. Uh, but to actually go, who am I? What's my identity in Christ? What, is it, what does God have in store for me? And so to look to God and then have that relationship where you're giving strength. At the end of the day, we, you know, we all fall short and we all need help. But, you know, as you know your identity as a son and you're being taught about who you are in Christ, then realising, hey, it's not just about me as a bloke, but actually it's about my brothers. We also need other men. We need other people, not just focusing on our, on our, just our own families or just our own careers, but there's actually something great when you're able to help others, but focusing on other people. So it's like, hey, teaching men in the church, who's your brother? Like, who are you looking out for? Who's, who's inputting into your life? Who's mentoring you? Who's challenging you? Uh, so having blokes that can ask you the hard questions. Because people, like, we talk about divorce. Like, it's it's happening as much in the church 
as it's happening anywhere else. Um, and end of the day, there's also not there's more women in church than there is um, men in church. Um, you know, and there's all different re- reasons for that. So I just think where the church can speak into manhood, you know, what is a man? Because there's blokes that are just still stuck in being adolescents, even though they're in their 50s and they're supposed to be adults, but they're still stuck in being adolescents or because they're just not being, they're either just doing life by themselves or just looking around. They don't have people giving them guidance, but we all need each other. So I think it's so easy to want to be independent instead of being actually interdependent and I love how your, um, you know, this podcast talks about stay sharp. You know, always he's saying stay sharp. It's all about we have to sharpen one another. So just in churches where men are being taught who they are in God, that they, you know, who who's my brother's keeper, but actually that it's tough. Like the, the world we're living in is tough. It's always changing. That God's always got ways to, you know, to equip us to, to fight the battle that there is because, mate, with all the different valleys in, in this world now, is, yeah, there's a battle raging, mate, and we need to stand up and be bold and speak up. So, yeah, that's some of the stuff. I just think teaching, that's just specific to men, uh, whether that's in men's groups or even whether that's just throughout the church. Um, you know, you talk about men's ministry, like we don't have a men's ministry now in our church. That's specific, just like a bloke that's come together. But if you have pastors or a senior pastor who ministers to men just by being who he is, by example, by what he teaches, blokes can look, you know, can look to that because blokes are always looking looking you know looking around looking to someone yeah and you know you made a good point there around you get blokes that that would come into that church environment who don't understand how to articulate one the challenges they're facing you know whether it be you know addictive or abusive behavior or a misalignment of values or or you know whatever it might be and i think a lot of the time um, mm. it's, it's quite fascinating how often that relates back to an absentee father in their life yeah. Or, yeah. or a lack of at least a father figure. And yeah. one of the most you know, amazing things is, is men who, be, who are able to connect into a church that has you know, a, a biblical-based foundation yeah. and then in that space get introduced to their creator who is their spiritual yeah. father. And then yeah. through that, through that, have other blokes get around them, mm. and then through that, learn the word, learn, learn, learn. You know, I suppose God's promises, and yeah. learn God's purpose for their life, and then you get that realignment, yeah. right? And that's yeah, that's that's a really powerful thing, and and that's something that I've certainly witnessed myself in in a church setting, yeah. you know, for for fellas. But it's interesting to know that. I mean, you got two sons, right? Yeah. So it's it's interesting to know that. And acknowledge rather interesting to acknowledge that the the, the entire um, structure of fatherhood for the way in mm. which God created it to be is is so overlooked today. You know, mm. it's so overlooked, mm. and that's one of the saddest things. And one of the reasons why it drew me to start this initiative is that there has been a complete um, cannibalization of fatherhood and a devaluing of fatherhood in a mm. way that we've never seen before. And yeah. and Mothers as well, to a degree, you know, that's, that's fallen yeah. apart as well. But, you know, for this purpose, we won't talk about that today. But on the fatherhood yeah. front, the value of that in bringing up strong, uh, confident, uh, mm. you know, men, it's huge. Yeah. It's huge. Yeah. Massive. Yeah, it's part of God's design, isn't it? It is. Um, yeah. But what I love is when you see blokes coming to any environment thinking 
it's so easy to think you're the only one that struggles with something. Mm. You keep something, you know, to yourself and there's shame involved. You know, there's been guys, you know, that struggle with porn uh, and all those kind of things, which any and every bloke will struggle, will struggle with or has struggled to, to some extent. But when you just get in an environment where there's trust, uh, where there's safety and guys just start sharing, guys are blown away to go, oh, wow, I'm not the only one. And then you get that accountability happening, you talk things through, uh, and once things are out in the open, so there's so many, oh, you know, we're in our 30s, you got guys in their 40s, 50s, you ask blokes, you know, who's your close friend? Do you have any, like, who's your closest friend? Most guys, I reckon if I spoke to four guys, maybe one of them will actually have close friends because there's just been this massive gap from maybe you left high school and then you just so focused on career on this and that and then you just lost all contact. Kids come, you lose yourself. It's like you've actually got to prioritise yourself and love yourself so you can do all these other things, you know, in a healthy way. So I just love when I see guys come into that sort of family where there's other guys where they realise, hey, I'm not in this by myself. So that's something we're always wanting to provide um, for men, just that sort of environment um, where there's just family and accountability and just where there's no shame um, because, hey, that's the whole reason Jesus Christ died and rose again. So, you know, he's paid for all that. So, yeah. Yeah. I was, um, I've been listening to a really interesting podcast series by um, Christianity Today, and you probably would have heard wind of it, but it was around um, the rise and fall of Mars Hill. Um, oh yeah yeah have you have you heard about this going around um i um i've listened to the first episode i heard about it hmm. and yeah i'm glad that i know what you're talking about yeah crazy man it's crazy yeah and and i you know, full, full disclaimer like i i used to listen to a bit of mark driscoll you know, oh, uh, same. I, I read his book on marriage. Was this did you? Real marriage. School, I read, yeah, I was read, I read the book, loved it. I gave, I gave it to a mate. Um, so when all that stuff went down, I was a bit like, whoa. But yeah, I, I heard a few things where he was a bit extreme, but I was just like, yeah, he's like a real <laughs> kind of, kind of man, you know, like a bloke's bloke. But yeah, when you hear some of the things that were happening in the background or some of the things he said in some of his sermons, you're like, wow, geez, yeah, just a bit extreme. Yeah, and and I think that you know the the whole the whole ultra macho thing was mm. something that really stood out to me. In that I I kind of found Driscoll quite refreshing in a way because he was kind of yeah he was kind of talking to certainly he was talking to a bunch of men that had probably never seen a pastor talk that way before. Um, yeah. you know what I mean and, and rightly or wrongly guys kind of pricked their ears up a bit at that and thought oh yeah this guy's a bit different you know he's kind of talking a little bit my language for what it's worth you know yeah, uh, yeah. but I think that one of the things that um, that really stood out to me in finishing that series is is that how that ultra macho and that sort of machismo persona is mm is is so it can be so negative as well with regards to 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 any church or any organizational environment but at the Mm. same time it's like right now we're experiencing you know in a lot of ways a a, a sort of a a feminization you know of of society in some respects and then having that Mm. sort of that 
contrast of of a church mm. that was ultra masculine and domineering and all the yeah. things that that are super negative when it comes to that type of thinking and so it was just interesting seeing that kind of that comparison yeah. um yeah. and 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 then the, the craziest thing of all is is seeing god still move that's amazing isn't in, it in, in that chaos yeah you know? people and, were, yeah mm. lives would have been transformed lives were changed uh, but then it just shows you the responsibility uh, or just the weight that churches and pastors have because that church had, I think, 15,000 or something, and it's all just went, it just just crashed, right, out of whatever went. You wonder what's happened to those people. But God worked, moved through through that ministry. But it just reminds me that it doesn't matter who you are, whether you're the bishop or whether you're, um, you know, a, a pastor, senior pastor, or, or just you know, multi-millionaire. Everyone's got flaws. Everyone's got issues, and we, you know, we put people on this pedestal. But like anyone can fall at any time, so we focus so much. And I think one of the reasons why you know a lot of men don't relate to church or don't come to church is probably they come to church and the senior pastor or the leaders seem to be like in their own world. They're like so perfect. They read their Bible every day. They wake up at this time, you know, they do this, they do that. And, but if they're not transparent about their struggles or, you know, how they've grown in this, blokes can't relate to that. I think it's just too perfect for me. Like, I, I'm out of here. I'll just go hang out with the boys at the pub or the mm. boys at the, you know, footy club or whatever else. But when you get, you know, a man that can minister to, to men just through example, how he leads family how, you know, he lives his life, how he's just humble and whatever else, just real and talks real talk. I was like, yeah, I want to I want to follow I want to follow that. And I reckon that's what Jesus was like. It was just your everyday bloke and blokes just wanted to be around him. Yeah. Now more than ever, people want to see authenticity. Blokes want to see authenticity. Yeah. There's so yeah. much veneer and there's mm-hmm. so much fake posturing and persona that you see on social media that, doesn't even reflect people's lives, you know, their real lives, yeah. as well as their real personalities mm. or or their real value systems. So, you know, if you can be authentic, I think it goes a long way yeah. to, to getting respect of fellow fellow men. Uh, and I think a, a lot of a lot of men these days that they, they catch anyone with false bravado, that machismo, the beat up, all that kind of stuff. It's like, eh, I don't know, man. You, they can you, smell it, mate. They can smell it. They can yeah, it. yeah, and so. And so the challenge really for us as men is, is to be as authentic as possible. And that's warts and all, you know, mm. and, and I, I use the analogy that, you know, we are, in, we're, we're sort of bumbling around in the dark on this, all of us, you know, none of us have got this solved. None of us have got this squared away, you know, as yeah. men, none of us have got the perfect balance. It's a, it's a, it's a yeah. ever, it's an ever changing pursuit towards yeah. continual improvement. Yeah, it's a journey, you know, definitely. It's, it's only by the grace of God that we get that opportunity, right? So, yeah. So it's it was interesting, but listening to that podcast series was fascinating, man. It just really blew my mind, and and there was so yeah. much value mm. in there around leadership principles as well for us men. And yeah. one of the ones you mentioned is is you know having that um, having that that humble nature around your leadership position. It doesn't matter who you are; no one yeah. should ever be beyond mentoring. You know, and I think that it's a really healthy, it's a really healthy act to humble yourself and submit yourself to Mm. some form of authority. Yeah. Um, And if you do that intentionally, where you're submitting yourself to someone's governance, 
Mm. Um, and not in a slave way, just more in a, hey, yeah. I'm submitting to you so I can learn and grow. And I can just, you know, uh, be honest and real with myself and know where my misgivings are and know where my shortcomings are in the hope that you can help me be a better man. That's a yeah. huge thing. Absolutely. Yeah, man. We um we, we all need we all need other people. We all need need each other. Like we yeah. all have something to give. Absolutely. Yeah. And go yeah. on go on full circle back to what you're saying around Proverbs, you know, iron sharpens iron. That's you know, so That's does it. one, so does one person sharpen another. Mm. You know, I, I I opt out the person and put man for, for my purposes, yeah. but you know, so so one man sharpens another. And I think that that's 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 excites me. I get so excited by the idea that I've got stuff to learn. Yeah. You know what I mean? Always. Like always, I, yeah. I never I never want to be the guy in the room that knows everything. <laughs> yeah. You know I mean? You're the guy that's always asking questions because you just want to learn, mate. Yeah. Not, and, just, and that, not just yapping away all the time. Yeah. And that's that's why that's why, you know, I, I challenge the listeners to to remain curious. Yeah. Remain curious, you know. That's it. Learning, 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 learning is just an ongoing thing. So how are you going being a dad? How's it raising young boys? Because for those listening, um, Steve's obviously um, come over to my place for for dinner a couple of times and stuff like that. And I've got two <laughs> da- I've got two daughters, and Steve's got two sons. Yeah. So so it's it's um, it's an interesting um, comparison. I always quite enjoy watching my daughters play with Steve's sons, but then watching Steve's sons take everything to the next level. Uh, at my house, whether it be swinging off trees, jumping off walls, and oh, right. and so you know, I'm curious to know, like, how how are you how are you finding being a dad uh, and and raising young young men? You know, we like to use the mm. word kids, but I don't like that word kid. You know, raising yeah. young men and in a in a society that we're in at the moment, in a culture, and at the moment, what's that like? Yeah, it's pretty challenging. It's a joy, it's a privilege, but um, yeah, I'm quickly starting to realise that even as much as we have church and our kids have been able to go to church and they can learn things in kids' church, you know, for the last two years we haven't really had, you know, that as much community in sort of online with lockdowns. But even when your kids can go to church, like our our first son is in um he's in a public school and we've purposefully put him in a public school because we we don't want to shelter them. There's nothing wrong going to a like a private Christian school where they're gonna, you know, they, there's gonna be the same values and beliefs that you know that we have. But we've decided we just want him to be in the real world, not to be sheltered and just, just learn, but also be a positive experience, you know, in you know, for some in, in a school. But I'm quickly realizing that we've got to actually put more in at home in how we teach our children, how much time we spend with them how we teach them things from the Bible, but it's even just how we pray with them. So that's just a little part of like, wow, like my parents were great, you know, in how they did it, but they they didn't do those sort of things. I would have never thought I need to like teach my kids this and this. I was like, I'll just throw them to Sunday school. But it's like, that's actually not enough. You've got to teach them yourself and they've got to see you do it. Like they, it's funny, like my kids, I'm into running, I'm into working out at home. So my kids are into that. They're into running. They're into working out. Isaiah loves, you know, he's only five. He loves Ninja Warrior, but they'll be walking around doing, oh, yeah, I'm doing my workout. You know, I'm doing my workout. I'm doing, but, you know, it's silly, simple things. Like it just means they watch everything you do. And so I've just got to be careful, you know, what I say, what I do, because they, that's just what they catch on to. So, yeah, I'm just realising that more. But, um, 
yeah, with all the changing things in the, in the world and society, it's just yeah, crazy. Um, so yeah, there's a massive issue there that we just continue to work on. Um, the main boys, they've got so much energy, just so much energy. Like it's nonstop from the time they wake up, they want to wake up at seven o'clock. From the time they wake up to when they go to bed at 7.30, it's just nonstop. And they're both at the stage where um, there's not much independent play. You know, it's, they want to do stuff with us all the time. Um, so it can be pretty draining, you know, as parents because you, um, you're just like, man, where's time for me? You know, going to work, going to work is like, yeah, I'm, going, I'm, I'm having a rest. But, you know, as dads, there's so many transitions from the time you have your first child. It's like your life changes to, you know, now you've got a kid in there or you get a second one. So I found I've just got to really prioritise my time as a dad. I've actually got to work out what time do I need for me? Like, what do I need for me that's going to just, you know, fill me up? It's going to be input, invest into myself, you know, whether that's, you know, quiet time in the morning, doing some reading, doing some journaling, doing some exercise, going for a run for a couple of hours or an hour, hanging out with the boys. Um, but then to do all those things, you can't just go, hey, I'm going to go do that. You've actually got to talk to your wife about it, not just say, hey, babe, I'm going to do this. So working out what are my priorities and then communicating with my wife about those. She's got her own too, that things that she wants to do. But we found with parenthood and having the boys, we can easily just, the season changes, things change and then, we just keep doing what we need to do, look after the boys. And we're both stressed out. Oh, I'm not getting to do this. I'm not getting to do that. We're just trying to please each other. But actually, once you think, what are my priorities? What do I need to do for myself? What do I need to do for the family? Then actually have a chat, communicate with your wife about what you need to do. Like once she knows what I need, well, what answer I know what she needs, like there's so much freedom that I can actually do the things that I need to do. There's mornings I don't have to worry about the kids. I can just go out for a long run or I can go to work early because we're on the same page. So that's been a challenge just with having kids, like actually got to communicate about these things, not just go off and do them. And I really enjoyed the mornings. Breakfast for me and the boys, it's just like our thing. They'll, they'll be asking me before they go to be, oh, what's the breakfast? Or in the morning, they're like, what's the breakfast? I always have my mornings, except for maybe one morning where I you know, go for a long run. It's just like a thing I do with the kids. Today, like I took Isaiah to Ninjawari, like Wednesdays, I pick him up from school. So we just work out when can I have time with the kids by myself sometimes? When do we do stuff together? But yeah, it's it's good fun. I mean, they're growing up so quick. Yeah, it goes fast. It goes fast. Interesting you say that you're, you're being purposeful about exposing particularly your eldest son to not being in a sheltered environment. Yeah. And finding, how do you find that balance? You know, how do you find that balance between, you know, understanding that once your kids hit prep and once they start going to school, you know, you're ultimately spending less time with your kids than he is with his friends and sometimes he is with his yeah. teachers. And mm -hmm. so how do you go about trying to um, not shelter the kids so they become, you know, maimed in later life when it comes to being exposed to the world post school mm. but they're not yeah. doing not doing too much to the point where you're you're allowing that influence to go beyond what you think is healthy oh, it's a challenge man it's an ongoing challenge the everyday thing so um one of the things we try and do is just have an open communication like isaiah is only five you know but we we'll just ask him about his day at school 
and it's funny blokes even at a young age they don't want to give you much detail about their days like how was school yeah fine but we just try and get a bit of information what they did every now and again um but when we sit at the table for dinner you know which is one thing we do every night we all four of us sit at the table and we have dinner we, we just go around the table and say hey what was your highlight of the day what was your low light so we just you just catch things from that but even like with, with TV, like he loves watching like Ninja Warrior, right? But then you get also all sorts. It's just it's just normal with adults. So yeah, there was one time he's watching Ninja Warrior. Then next thing, this girl's you know is coming up to to do her scene to talk about her life. And next thing, she's he sees two girls getting married. She's like, "Whoa, that's weird." So it's like <laughs> we could have been we could have like quickly just like turned it off and like oh oh you know try and just kind of sob it off but they had to have a some sort of a conversation with him to just to sort of explain that in ways that he can understand but it seems like how are you going to explain that in a way that he's not going to take that back to school and be like oh yeah that's that just doesn't go you know with my beliefs um you know or how i see things and, and you know and that whole kind of thing and talking and love um so yeah it's a journey man but we just try and have open communication ask questions He's come back, you know, probably dropped an F-bomb one day thinking it was, it was, you know, fine or funny, didn't really know what it meant or, you know, the finger or something, you know, and, and you know, mum, you know, his mum or myself just have a conversation, just really explain uh, in a way that he understands then he just knows. So we've been lucky or blessed with him where he kind of gets it. Saki, on the other hand, he's three and he's, yeah, he's just on another level. But I think to answer your question, just communicating ongoing and just being involved in their lives, paying attention to what they're saying, paying it, having time with them where it's just focused time, not just chucking them on screen time all the time. But yeah, it's not easy and it's an ongoing challenge. One of the things that I learned and I can't remember where I picked it up, but I, I heard this really good bit of advice around parenting and it's where mm. um, it was something around it, it might even have been my senior pastor that, that told this to me many years ago, even before I was a parent, was that if you don't take the time mm. to read to your kids or sit yeah. down and, and do something slow-paced with your kids like a puzzle or ask yeah. them about their day or any of those type of time investment activities with your mm. kids that they want, you know, sit down and play blocks with them, whatever it is. It doesn't matter what age they are. If you don't take the time to have those conversations and those time investments when it comes time to correct or invest yeah. or speak into that child's life yeah there's the walls are going to go up mm. and i think that's probably a common trap that some parents get in is that they they are they are absent as parents because the phone's ringing because the emails are coming because the texts are coming yeah. because social media is on tv's on we've got social engagements we're going on holidays we're going to business meetings all the things that steal our time yeah and the kids just craving that one-on-one -on -one investment yeah. but then the moment comes to correct to discipline to instruct yeah and the kid is not responsive that kid mm. hate that word but you know that the child is not responsive <laughs> yeah. do you know what i mean <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's interesting, tough, right? Man. Yeah. So that's yeah. No, it's tough, man. And we don't get it right all the time, and we don't really get it right. Like we we have times where it's like, man, just watch as much TV as you know sometimes, and you feel like a bad parent, especially with you know the pandemic and everything that's going on, homeschooling day after day. It's just like you just get to points where you're just stuffed. Um, but yeah, it's a journey. But I guess the main thing is just being aware of these things, and then it's just 
to continue to just work on it and investing into the kids, putting time in and all that you're saying is really, really key because if we don't do it, someone else will be doing it one way or another in school or school friends. Someone else will be teaching them things. Yeah, yeah. because they're a sponge. So they're going to take yeah. something in. Uh, yeah. And you want to make sure that you're filling as much of that sponge with positive influence yeah, uh, that's before it. something else gets in there. And you've, you, you think you've got ages to... You think you've got ages to mould and and define what that child's you know future is going to be a bit like based off your yeah. influence, but you don't actually have that long. No, you know? I mean, you know, by the time your kid's 10, 12 years old, you've kind of missed the window a little bit on those fundamental things. You know, yeah. the, the learning never ends, but you've got that window. That first sort of five to ten years is a pretty critical window, isn't it? Yeah, and it's easy to think as young dads that, you know, when the kids are a little baby, little toddler, oh, it's all good. I can't really relate to the little one yet. But it's like there's just this bonding that you have to children, even when they're a few months old, a year old, two years old, that I can see the fruit of that now with Isaiah when he's like five and a half. Like he just wants to come and cuddle me, just be with me. Like, you know, he's just really affectionate, but he just feels comfortable with his dad. If you haven't, build that up, you know, because you're just working and it's like, now, nah, mum does that. You know, you miss out on some of that investment, that return. So, yeah, every, like, from once a child is conceived from pregnancy, like, it's a gift. And just the time we put it makes makes a big, a massive difference. So yeah. I'm loving dad life, man, loving it. That's good, brother. That's really good. And good on you for being a good dad. Oh, thanks, mate. I've got blokes like you that keep me on my toes and... Yeah. Share, share, share notes with. <laughs> yeah. I always say to people, I'll tell you what not to do. <laughs> I won't tell anyone what to do. I'll tell you what not to do. But oh, mate, um, it, um, mm. it, it is tiring, though. Like, I have to, because my kids, like I said, they get up <clears throat> at, at seven or so. So I've got to get up a couple of hours before them to, to do what I need to do. So that's just, you know, some of the adjustments you have to make. Um, and then you, know, you reward yourself, you know, sometimes when you need know, sleeping and all that. But I just know what I need to do to be able to get my day, you know, in the right order, to be able to be the, the good husband that I want to be and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, the priorities are always shifting and moving. Yeah, it's it's something that I've, I've spoken about a couple of times, you know, on Iron Will is around being purposeful with your time. Mm. and that just not only goes with being purposeful with the time that you're investing in yourself but also with the time you're investing in your family and also being really good. militantly protective about that time as well because yeah. you know to my earlier point there's just a million things that will steal your time yeah and so making sure that we use our most valuable resource uh, not only in time with God, but time with, with our kids and investing in yeah. those kids. And then also being precise and purposeful in our speech with our kids. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, having, having those conversations that, you know, reflect value and worth and, you know, wisdom and all of those, mm. all of those things, mate, that have just, that just seem to be so rare. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. They just seem to be uh, so yeah. rare. And it, it gets me really passionate and excited because, what we're talking about here is powerful uh, and it's, it's just not spoken about very much. You know, we're talking about meaningful things. A lot, a lot of the time, 
you know, the content out there today is, is it's based on wealth accumulation or, you know, self and vanity and, and popularity and, you know, and greed. Living, living your best life. Living your best life and investing in you. And I want to make that really clear as well. This is not a self-help platform. You know, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not interested in trying to, you know, um, better oneself in shallow, in shallow pursuits. Um, that's not something that this is about either, you know, and it's, it's, a, it's about trying to pursue what is meaningful and valuable and get in touch with your creator and understand what matters in life because we've lost our way. Yeah, you know, we, we've, we've lost our way in, 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 a, in, a, in, in a sensational way. We really have. And so mm-hmm. I'm really challenged, you know, by, by men like yourself as well who are active in the church, who are, you know, running forward with that bat to yeah. try and um, continue to, to, to push forward truth and, and, and meaning, you know, in, in a really confused world. And my wife's in ministry, as you know, Steve, you know, and yeah. so, you know, I, I see that on a daily basis and I mm. really am, I really am encouraged and challenged by, by men in ministry. I really am because Thanks, it's, it's an awesome thing, you know, that, mm. that goes on and stuff. So, so, so moving on a little bit, where, where, where do you see, where do you kind of see things going for the church? You know, what's, what's the next 10, 20 years look like for the church? I know that's, that's a big Whoa. question for you and, and I'm going to chuck it out there because I want to know yeah. like what, particularly for men and, and, and where we're going, you know, yeah. in society at the moment, where do you kind of see the church and what kind of role do you think it's going to play? You know? Wow. Yeah, because so, because if I can say it a bit more while you're thinking about that, you know, yeah. going back to our earlier point, mm. it's probably clearer, you know, now than ever that there's becoming more of a gap between what yeah. is popular from 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 a worldly perspective and those yeah. traditional judo Christian values, yeah. um, and mm. and where does that put where does that put the church when the church may start to be at odds with common thinking? Yeah. Yeah, so where do I see things going? Um, yeah, so the way things have happened, especially in the last couple of years, you know, it's like it doesn't matter who you are, it doesn't matter what you've built, what you've got, like everyone's been impacted, everyone's questioned life, everyone's questioned meaning and purpose. Uh, and I just feel like God is just leading, you know, this world to a place of where am I at? And people are just people are just more open to the gospel. And mm. People need people need the end of the day. People need a savior. So I see the church uh, being this constant because the church has survived more than two thousand years. Yeah. Um, so everything's changing, right? Things are always changing, and change is good. Change is constant. If there's anything that's going to be constant, it is change. And and God is in that change, but He is in that change, right? He's involved in that, but He's the one constant that you know hasn't moved. You know, the Bible says, you know, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the whole point of Jesus Christ, the whole point of the church and the commission that Jesus left us, uh, you know, when he, after he resurrected and went to be with the Father and sent the Holy Spirit um, so we can have a relationship with God was that, um, you know, we would make disciples, that there would be more and more and more people that would come to know God because God wants everyone to know him. He's got a purpose for us. I see the church just continuing to, you know, to grow throughout the whole world. Because, mate, there's not enough churches. You know? 
um, around the world. There's not enough churches even where you live. You think, oh, there's a corner church in there. But I see the church is continuing to, to go into all places, you know, throughout the world and getting stronger because the church has really, you know, gone over the, over the years. It's just gone down, um, you know, because of modernization and all, all that sort of thing. So I just see the church is going stronger, but then men actually going, wow, God has something in store for me. God has a purpose for me. And not that people are being called into the church, but they're being called into relationship with God, realizing what they're called to, that they're joining in with God's purpose for their lives and just seeing just the kingdom of God being advanced, but people actually being awakened to, this is who I am, this is what I've been created to be, this is my purpose. People are just starting to just live out what they've actually been called. So I just see the church growing in that way and God being glorified through. I know that sounds like a lot of Christian jargon, but end of the day, I just see the church being growing throughout the world. People, you know, seeing what their part's going to be. Uh, people that already know God already in church just being like, boom, light bulb. Man, I need to get the word out in the marketplace in my work. It doesn't matter what my work is. It's like you don't have to be working in church like what I do or what your wife does to be living in the way God has created you to, to live. But it's like right where you work, you know, you know, in your work as a police officer, as a teacher, wherever you are, actually, wow, people need God. People need purpose. People need to, you know, just need that help from God and actually just enjoy life in the way God has created them to, and to be free in that. So I just see more and more of that coming uh, and a lot of truth coming because, you know, the Bible is the truth and the Bible says is the truth, you know, that will set you free. Uh, so as people come to know, you know, what God's actually all about, and not focus on how the church has messed up in the past, but actually just fall in love with Jesus. Um, that's just where, you know, people just come to know, you know, what what they've been created to be. That's some of what I see. But I just see it growing, mate, and we'll be looking back saying, look at this, or it'll be our kids and just you know, that whole kind of thing. I like that, that God is constant. You know, mm. I, I was saying to someone the other day that another great tidbit I heard was, um, God is not circumstantial. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. he doesn't he doesn't need circumstances to be perfectly right for him to move or to be effective and present and and, yeah. and influencing people's lives. So or transforming people's lives, I should say. So yeah. I, I like that. And you know, my prayer for my prayer for men, you know, is is to get involved in a church, to get connected with a church. You know, and, and, mm. and the church needs real, it needs real strong men. I more than ever, you know? The church needs, the need all of us. The need, and mm. the world, like, you know, the, the Bible says, you know, we, you are the light of the world, not the light of the church. So it's like, yeah, you can be involved in the church, but that's also that you can actually go into where you are mm. and, and actually be Jesus in that place. Mm. You know, be Jesus in that place because there's some people who are never going to walk into church, never. And, you know, they will just, they, he will, God will give each and every bloke, each and every woman, whatever they need, you know, to impact people. So it's like wherever we've been placed in our jobs, in our neighbourhoods, God's actually put people there for a purpose to, to reach others. It's like, let's get out of this bubble, just doing our own thing. But actually, what, actually saying, God, what are you up to? You know, what would you, what do you, how do you want me to, to love people, how do you want them to speak into people's lives? How do you want them to bless people? Um, there's there's opportunities every day to be Jesus, you know, wherever God has placed us. 
So I just see that just increasing and increasing um, as time goes. Yeah, and getting your getting your kids in church too. It's mm. you can't express how important that is. Is getting your kids exposed to those values and and those, yeah. those biblical foundations. You know, from an early age, it's it's a huge yeah. huge part of it. You know, yeah. Don't don't wait until they're a bit older. You know, you give them uh, the choice kind of things, but you start now when they're young. And sometimes they don't like it, or you know, but one day they thank you for it. You just hear story after story of some people saying. Was so thankful that my parents took me to church that made me do this. But now I actually do it because I want to, not because they're making me do it. It's just it's an amazing story. Hmm. Yeah. One one of the things I like to do with with people who are kind enough to to hop on this on this podcast is just ask them what what would you say to to our listeners, particularly men listening now. What what type of message or piece of advice or statement could you give to them around what you would like them to hear, you know, for, for value in their lives going forward or for something that you've learned over your, your journey as a man and, and as a father, what, what, what advice could you give or even just a, it doesn't even have to be advice. What message, yeah. you know, could yeah. you give around, encouragement even you know anything you know yeah. i like to just kind of ask that just to put a bit of a stamp on things you know yeah no that's good man um yeah i would say relationships 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 like relationships is just you know it's everything like we all need relationships um so it's like you know who are you investing into when it comes to relationships who's investing into you like it's not just one way um, but then the main, most important relationship is your relationship with God. It's like, do you actually know God? Do you, do you, do you depend on Him? You know, like it's so easy to call yourself a man of God or a Christian, but just go off and do your own thing day to day. But it's like daily, are you actually saying, can you actually say, this is what I'm depending on God for? This is what I'm trusting God for? Or is it just when the tough time comes? It's like relationships. Invest in relationships. Who's investing into you? Are you investing into your relationship with God? You know, as you invest into your relationship with God, He invests into you even more. Um, yeah, so for me, that those are just some of the main things. But in all relationships, there's always going to be challenges, but you got to know what is your part. Just say, What's my part? And just be so, men, one of the things that we lack as men is taking responsibility, you know. Anything goes wrong, it's like usually, mate, you got to take responsibility for it. There's a part for you to play. It's not about blaming others, but it's like, what's my part? Focus on doing your part and seek you first the kingdom of God and all these things will be given unto you, you know. Seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. So just focus on what is my part. Invest in relationships. And, mate, I just reckon relationships is what brings progress. And that main relationship is the relationship with God. And then everything flows out of that. If you have that foundation, like all the circumstances will come, you'll win some, you'll lose some, but you'll have a strong foundation. Um, So, yeah, I just just love that. Love it, man. I love. Right. I love anything to do with ownership. You know, that that whole ownership thing is a big part of what we do here. So Mm. I reckon you nailed that. You nailed it, hit the nail on the head, so to speak. Boom. Do your part. Just do your part, mate. And uh, the rest will work. <laughs>
work itself out. And your partner might be speaking up. Your partner might be confronting someone in a conflict situation. That's your part. <laughs> so, you know, there's so much that goes with that. You know, it's not as simple as that. But, yeah, I just like thinking in, those, in that way. So what, what do you do? What do you do when you're not raising young boys and 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 just doing your ministry and your work and grinding and all those things? You're a runner, aren't you? Yeah, I love running, man. Um, it's just developed over the years. Um, so long distance running, whether it's like anything from 5K to 50K, you know, I'll, I'll go for it. So yeah, I enjoy a bit of running, do the half marathon. But, other week I was on a sort of 12, 13 week training program. So finish that up. But yeah, I just I just get out, go for a run. It just refreshes my mind. It just yeah, I just enjoy a bit of exercise. But I just love hanging out with people, going out for dinner, going out for a coffee, um, reading, watching, watching shows, movies. Um, but yeah, I just need a bit of time to myself uh, when it comes to exercise and that, but then everything else is just like, yeah reading or hanging out with people hanging out with people like yourself yeah yeah you're you're a very uh you're a very effective social creature steve i know that about you you're <laughs> very good in social settings and you you also have this uh, amazing ability to relate to everyone i've noticed that about mm-hmm. you which is which is again testament to your your character and i think you're in the right place uh certainly you know in right. ministry and and you know, uh, pushing God forward in into those dark places, which is which is a noble pursuit, man. And I, as I said earlier, I'm always very in awe and inspired by people who choose ministry uh, because it's not easy. But mm. uh, getting back to what I was saying as well is that I know you're a damn good runner as well. So because <laughs> every time you tell me your times, I'm like, oh man, I'm I'm such a big Olaf. <laughs> Like, oh, I, mate. I'm mate, so you, slow. I'm so slow. <laughs> yeah, but mate, you're, you're you're super lean, mate. I remember we were in the holidays the one time we were doing some workouts at a gym. <laughs> our workouts were just different, like so different. Oh, like, I died. Know. I died during your workouts. <laughs> it's like I, I was unfit. And that was, I'm pretty sure that was back when I wasn't running as well, I don't think. Oh, yeah. I think yeah. I was just flat out pushing pushing weights around. And yeah, so, I think, high and, high yeah, and you tried, you tried to get my, uh, my, my, yeah, heart rate. my, yeah, my VO2 max going. And I was like, <laughs> blowing, I was blowing. I was like, ah, oh, this is not good. Mate, this is making me look I'll unfit. Just, I'll just do this, bro. Yeah. <laughs> nah, great, mate. It's good to move, man. If, mate, for all the men out there, we got to move. Yeah. Move your, move your body. Like, don't get stuck on the computer or just on the website, whatever it is. Just moving. And even if it, I mean, if it's for 10 minutes in the morning, like just do some high intensity stuff, just it's good to just get moving. I'm happy you said that because, because yeah. I, I never want to try and pigeonhole people into things that I do. Yeah. Do you know what I mean by that? Like I never want to get on this mm. and say, because I do this, you need to do this. And that's something yeah. I'm really conscious of. But there's one thing that I will say to yeah. all men listening, whether you're, whether you're 13 or, or whether you're 75 years old is that you need to do some exercise every day yeah like i don't know what that looks like for each person it Mm. doesn't need to be like you steve and do a half marathon or or whatever it is but if you're if you're not doing 20 minutes of exercise a day whether that's a very slow walk (laughs) 
like uh, to me, I just, I can't express how important that is for your biological makeup. Yeah. Like on a fundamental level, mm. just to get your body moving and to get your body in motion. That's it. Hey, we are, we're on, we're on this earth for a while, you know, and if you want to be in the long game and be effective and productive, look after your kids, do well in your business, relationships, got to be sustainable one of the things that makes it sustainable is you're just some exercise and you just start where you're at you can start you know you start three days a week you know you've got to start wherever you're at but the more you do it the more you love it but um yeah yeah I, can't, I, I literally can't do that exercise i could i'll go nuts yeah i i've been in a couple of unfortunate positions where i haven't been able to train due to injury mm. and it's 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 weird not being able to train you get you do get cranky and it's one of those things right where you don't want to have all your securities and your 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 happiness level um wrapped up in that stuff but then at the same time you acknowledge when you go without it how integral it is to your biology and how integral it is to your habits uh, particularly if you've established habits that involve yeah. you know, physical activity each day and then you take yeah. that away. It's like, oh, wow, I, why am I grumpy? <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and then you start to work out, oh, it's because I've been sitting around watching Netflix all day and I've accomplished yeah. nothing and I've got no structure and, you know, I've, my circadian rhythm's out the door and that's why I'm grumpy. Do you know what I mean? So that's why I put yeah. those. And I want to just ask you quickly after this, I'm leading into something, is that's why I put, um, a, a bit of um, content around habits because I'm big on habits. Right. Um, yeah. And while I'm not uh, trying to tell everyone that they need to be structured, I understand some people live more spontaneous lives. To a yeah. degree, everyone needs to have some base level of, of, of habit each day. Yeah. So what yeah. what does what does Steve Alfine do when when his day starts his day? What's what's a typical day look like? A work day? Are you are you starting the day with with habits or Anything that you do yeah. on a daily basis? Yeah, yeah. So um, I've been doing a bit of study, Bible college study. So um, if I'm if I'm studying, um, five a.m. is my wake up six six out of seven mornings. Um, Did you I'm say five a.m.? Yeah, five a.m. Yeah. Wow. Um, so between five and seven um, is when I have my time. So that's wake up, you know, get a drink of water. And then I'll just um, and then I'll um. <laughs> what are you laughing at? Because I laugh. Oh, you, you got to go to the bathroom. Yeah, I, hey, yeah. I, I, that's that's one of the things I say. You got to do a poo. Oh uh, yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. So it, it could be it could be that or you know just whatever else. Um, but anyway, get yeah, stuck. I start I start my day with God, um, pretty much, because um, I just. I just feel like if I don't start my day with God, I'm saying, God, I don't need you. I've got this. So I get out of bed, sit down in the study, get into the word. You know, it's always different now. I might be reading a book. I might be reading something in the Bible. Sometimes I'm just like, God, where do you want me to go? And I've had to develop that. You know, then it's what comes up. Go to this book of the Bible. Go to this and go to that. Put on some worship. Um, so I might do that, you know, anywhere from 45 minutes to an hour and a half. Um, and it's just even for my work, you know, when I, when I'm ministering to people, you got to you got to be full to give something out. You can't go out and work in ministry just you know, 
based on just what the world's saying, what you think. You actually got to be full. But I'm not just going into those habits just for that purpose. I'm going in there for me and my relationship with God. So between five and seven, I get you know involved in a bit of quiet time, get into the Word, pray, and then in there I also do some exercise. So that goes anywhere from ten minutes um, of exercise to maybe you know forty-five minutes, just depends. But every morning is different. But five to seven is my time of exercise and time with God. Um, and then, yeah, I get, and then I get into the day. And then there'll be, depending, there's a few other days I'll be exercised during the day. And I love those days because I just give more time to my quiet time. Um, but yeah, my wife knows, you know, what time I wake up. She knows what I'm doing in that time because, yeah, you've got to coordinate these things. It's like, you know, you can't just wake up and just like I'm out of here. So, yeah, that's always you know, a key part of it. You can't, as a married man, you can't just have a habit or a, a spiritual discipline you're exercising when you're not actually talking, you know, to your partner about it. So, yeah, five to seven, I do that. Then, like I said, I enjoy breakfast with my kids uh, and my wife. Um, so between, you know, seven seven and eight, usually we, we're doing something. And I like cooking them, you know, some solid good breakfast. So my little guy loves like, little bacon and egg muffins and we can't do that every day but you know boiled eggs or whatever like so my wife is like what are you doing that you're cooking them fancy breakfast but it's like they love it and we don't do that every single day you know but just all to say that seven to eight is just special time with, with the boys and then we do our drop-offs and go to work and then mate from there nine till five it's every day is different working in the ministry every day is different from catching up with blokes to been a bit of counseling to do a bit of ministry of different sorts, admin, do a lot of weddings, funerals, hospital visits. So, mate, it's that's why I go, you can't just go to work empty. You've got to, you've got to be full in the spirit, and you just don't know what, what you're gonna to have to pull out of you know, whatever God's put in your heart. So it's really, it's really uh, important for me to do that. I'm I'm impressed by your um your routine oh thanks mate you're actually doing similar stuff to me so we're friends mate yeah we're friends mate it's tough though you know because you've got to be you then and our senior pastor is always teaching us about this he's you know he's a gun at it he's an athlete but mm. he's always teaching us like it's important what time and i think i heard you talk about this um on your podcast but you actually got to be intentional about what time you go to sleep because mm. that's going to impact you in the morning so I have some silly times where I will go to bed late, but my mind, I know, and in my heart, I'm still going to get up at that time. So it doesn't matter what time I go to sleep, I'll still get up at five. <laughs> but then sometimes I'll have to pay the price. Um, so you just learn. You need to have a time where you actually start winding down, you know, whether it's like 9, 30, 10 o'clock, you're winding down so I can try and get seven hours of sleep. I probably average between six and a, six and a half to seven but I'd love to just get to point out but seven. Uh, but then I will have one morning. I'm really big on having a Sabbath. So Mondays I don't work and we just do nothing. I'll get some time to myself every second week on a Monday. I'll just go off and do whatever I want. So Mondays I'll sleep in um, and then just chill because you need that. You need that rest. It's like it's so easy to think oh, I can't rest. I've got so much work to do. But actually it's God's design and God rested on the seventh day. And it's not about resting on the seventh day, it's just about the concept and the principle of resting. Otherwise, we're just going to burn out and you think, oh, if I don't do the work, it's not going to get done. It's like, mate, once you go or something happens to you, someone else will just replace you and do it. So get some rest and do the best you can before 
who's around you. Yeah. Love it, Steve-O. Can't believe you're in the Mate, kitchen we're... coaching cooking for your kids. Oh, yeah. Mate, you're, you do well on the barbecue for your kids and your family. Yeah, but mostly because yeah. I'd, have to be, I'd have to be out there every morning firing up the barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> I'm useless uh, in the kitchen. It's shameful. Mate, I've got to get better mate, at that. Mate, we could be on this thing forever. People are going to be like, what are these blokes doing? They just keep talking and talking. No, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on here, Steve. And uh, again, I thank you for your time. I thank you for your honesty and I love hearing what you're doing. You know, keep doing Thanks, it, man, bro. because it's so encouraging having having men like you leading the church and 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 being, you know, involved in the in the next chapter. And it's something yeah. that that, you know, certainly inspires me and I know will challenge men listening to this podcast around mm. where their values lie and and what they see as meaningful. And also yeah. young dads, you know, young dads yeah. raising young men and and the power and also the responsibility of that job and how important mm. it is. So, so if people want to, if people want to drop you a line and say, hi, they want to send you an email or anything like that, how can they go about doing that? I can put some links in the bottom of this. Yeah, too um, easy, man. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. Yeah. Steve and Alphine or Steve Alphine, but yeah, I'm on Insta. Um, but yeah, or steve.alphine at yuma.church. Uh, mate, I'm, I'm, I just love connecting with people and connecting, you know, guys to other guys and, and so on and so on. But, mate, thank you because you, it's blokes like you, you know, over the journey when I've transitioned out of, um, you know, working corporate, uh, when we moved to London and moved back and got into ministry and all that. So, so having blokes like you just as friends, we all got married around the same time, kids around the same time. It's blokes like you that, you know, shape, you know, blokes like me just encouragement, accountability, you know, just a few times I will see each other and just chat and ask the hard questions. So thanks, um, yeah, for all that you've put into my life, but also for having me on the Iron Rule, mate, and uh, I'll just keep trying to stay sharp. Absolutely, man. It's been a privilege. Thanks again. Cheers, brother. Have a see, good one, mate. See you, mate. Bye.